Welcome in, Loons fans, to another edition of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harris here, joined once again this season as well by uh, Dan Terhar and AJ Fredrickson. Boys, long time no talk on this specific podcast, but uh, got plenty to talk about after a great season opener. Plenty of optimism despite the off-field turmoil. Boys, how are we doing? Uh, I'm great. I'm great. It is, the, it is, by the way, the shortest off-season in professional sports, as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It feels like the longest, though. <laughs> well, there's there was a lot of things keeping uh, uh, Loons fans occupied mentally in the off season. So, and we'll and discuss. To, Go ahead, AJ. I was going to to think that off season is even shorter when you make the playoffs because it 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 got time playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> Who's talking about playoffs? playoffs. No, last year I remember I I was around the office and uh, somebody else was like, yeah, you know, hey, when. Uh, how what are the loons done? I was like, well, they haven't really done too much because the, they haven't even played the final yet. And like the MLS Cup has not been handed out yet. This the playoffs are still going on, and this is what felt like a month and a half or something like that after the season ended with based with like the the best of three in the first round and all this other stuff. Just crazy. So yeah, it absolutely is the shortest. But glad to be back for another season of loon talk. It's funny that we think of it as like the shortest off season in sports. But we're only thinking from a North American perspective. But yeah. when you think of like the Premier League or La Liga or any of the leagues in Europe, they have three month off seasons and that's normal. And that feels even longer for them because it's just three months. And then you look at us and like some of the teams that don't make the playoffs have five month off seasons. Like, Jesus, this is way too long. No wonder why national team coaches hate their players playing here because they're so out of out of shape <laughs> when they go back to their teams in March because they haven't played in six months. But Let's get into it. We've got plenty to talk about. We will discuss all the off-season stuff uh, coming up, but I really want to jump into this season opening match. 2-1 win for the Loons on the road. And, boys, there's no other way around it. They looked really freaking impressive, despite not having a head coach, a full-time head coach. They looked really good. This was a very fun fun watch for 90, for 90 minutes to open the season. Yeah, particularly that first 45. That was, uh, I know, at halftime, we were kind of like, well, all right, uh, what's going to give now? You know, you, no, I'm sorry, but we're, we've been beat up for the last six years and we, we've used to seeing team that, uh, you know, can come out and look really great, but not score goals. And so that's your biggest fear. At least my biggest fear is, okay, they look great, but they still aren't scoring goals. So two goals was a nice number to see, um, you know, the, the, uh, uh, losing the clean sheet at the end was just kind of stupid. I don't know what the hell happened there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, AJ and I were talking before we started. Yeah. He looked at the stats at the end of the match and uh, he th- thought maybe it was wrong because it was, it was pretty dominant AJ, you know, and, and I know you've since watched the match, but yeah, I, I guess I'd ask you guys, when's the last, do you remember a, a match where they played the first 45 that dominant? it's it's been a while and yeah like uh to clarify what dan's comments there i i was at a cousin's wedding on saturday up in cambridge bad cell reception that i remember half of it but uh but uh no at the end of the at the end of the night like i'm trying to follow along and i just can't get service finally the 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 twitter feed reloads and all of a sudden hey you know loons win two one and they they tweet out the, the club does like the end of uh, game graphics end of match graphics and i was like wow Brutal night, brutal start to the season for uh for the MNUFC admins, the Twitter team, because they, they put the logos on the wrong sides. There's no way they had 22 shots, 16 corners, 10 shots. Like, 
they did. And then on my watch, my first watch through uh, yesterday, that first 45 was electric. I mean, they were they were terrific. It seemed like they like came out and from warmups had their foot on the gas pedal and didn't stop until that whistle. I mean, they they left the pitch to go to the halftime uh, locker room break with one goal. They probably had earned at that point three. You know, they they had yeah. so many chances. Yeah. Um, finally, they get through, and you know what a relief that is because you don't want to have all those chances. And the one thing is Brad Stuver just no, no, no. You know, uh, the finger wag. So yeah, he was, um, he was, he was, he was pretty impressive. He was tremendous. But yeah, Dan, to your point, I I feel like maybe we've seen a full forty five. I'm not sure because I think we've seen maybe like. The first 20, the first 20, 30, they come out mm-hmm. and they kind of like always lose steam. That was tape to tape, wire to wire from the first or from the first kick to the whistle at halftime, just a dominant 45. And that was, that's great to see that, you know, and given their circumstances too, a really impressive first half to start the season. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, w- when we went to break at the half for the halftime show, I said to Dan, but I think he had popped off the mic at that point. I said to Dan, I'm like, Man, that was that was some that was seriously something. I I can't remember as you guys have said a more dominant forty five minutes. The second half was a little bit different, but I can't remember from minute one to minute forty five a more dominant forty five minutes where they did not let Austin breathe at all. Austin were stuck back in their own defensive third for much of that first forty five minutes, and they just couldn't find a way out. Minnesota were swarming them. You had Robin Lud pressing high. Him, him triggering presses, essentially as soon as the ball got out of the Austin box was impressive. I mean, he picked the he picked Alex Ring's pocket clean and bent around a shot around Stuver that went off the bar that should have gone in. That would have been one of the goals of the week because of that the play that led up to it. He wasn't he wasn't the only one who was pressing high. Franco Fragapane had some good presses in that first half. Uh, Sangbin Young, who from all all word that we heard for throughout the preseason was having a really good preseason. He looked the most confident we've seen him since he joined this squad on Saturday night. That was the most confident Song Bing Yang we've seen. I mean, there's guys all over the field that had such great nights. I mean, Yosef Rosales playing at that left back spot, starting there. He was impressive. He had a good night closing down Ethan Finley. Ethan Finley got the better of him one time, but then then Austin pulled him off right afterwards because apparently you're not supposed to do good things for Austin. And then they're just like, nah, time to go. You you did one good thing. Time to go, Ethan. We're supposed to be bad, remember? Uh, but yeah, he, the defense stood tall. I mean, you had the high press that we've heard about all off season and there was questions about it because of Michael Boxel's age, but it didn't seem to matter. Those Tapias and Boxel knew where to be at all times, uh, and were there to shut down things in the first 45 minutes. And yeah, the, it felt like once you got done with that half, your neck had to like crack because you were looking to the right the entire time. Well, the, the, uh, Michael Boxel held up in the first half because he didn't have to do anything. I mean, yeah. it was, it was, they made it pretty easy for him. All uh, really Austin had in the first half was some long, you know, long volleys into the top of the Minnesota final third, and they were dispatched out quickly, and that's all there was to it. So I got a question for you guys, okay? Why, and I know it's a very small sample size, but I have a theory on this. I want to hear yours first. Why did they look so good? particularly in the first half, why did it work so well for them? What's the difference? I'll, I'm going to go, I'll go with the, maybe the narrative 
aspect of this, like the narrative viewpoint where you sack your manager, your longstanding manager right before uh, the final couple weeks of the season last year, you missed the playoffs since then. I know there's reports that we do have, have a signing in place and all that stuff. Um, but it hasn't been like officially announced. We're not officially sure. Like it's not hundred percent. I mean, it's pretty much all but announced, but he's not here yet. You're missing your best player in Emmanuel Reynoso injured early in the preseason, limped off uh, training. Don't really have too much information to my knowledge, at least on like the timetable on when he'll be uh, returning to action here. Uh, in my opinion, probably your second best attacking threat at times. Like I know it depends on the system maybe, but just for the speed and the skill and the breakout year we saw last year, um, there's some paperwork stuff that had to get ironed out. He wasn't able to make the match uh, this past Saturday. The narrative, I mean, I feel like given the coaching search and the injuries and maybe the lack of big splash news, a lot of people are saying like, are they in the wooden spoon conversation this year? Is this, is this a club that's going to fall flat on their face right out of the gate? Like they're not even going to bother showing up. And especially after last season, kind of the, kind of the same thing where you're missing Reynoso, you're, you're kind of unsure. You're still, uh, maybe some of the fan base is disgruntled with the management and the, uh, the coaching staff. And if they want to proceed long-term after that, uh, that extension with Heath, but, I, I think it was a, just a, guys, this is going to be kind of a weird week, but this is one that's going to be memorable nonetheless. They've had time to really hammer down how we how they want to play. I, there isn't, you know, for a new season, there's not a lot of film on an Austin team, but you can go based off past stuff for them. You know their personnel. So you're going to recognize, hey, if we have a very strong attacking press right off the get-go, we can make them put, get on their heels in their own building. I think that's the biggest thing. So, that kind of, frankly, who would have expected, given the, just the name Minnesota United? When's the last time that you expect full force, high speed attacking football, attacking soccer? You're not like it, those two are not synonymous usually in the same sentence. It's it's hard to mention those in the same breath. So um, to go out, have that start. I mean, that's I think almost the element of surprise and like the okay we're we're going to take our you know our destiny in our own hands here that's i think probably why it worked out so well plus culture is probably a big thing too you know um kind of in the new era for the loons you're ushering in this new regime and um i'm sure behind the scenes people are looking to buy in you have some younger talent and it starts kind of with that foundation but you also have still um you ha- you have the elder in uh, Tamu Puki, but also Will Trap is still there. I'm, I'm sure they're saying, "Hey, we guys, we got to buy in." Everything looked like it was clicking, and it seems like that probably starts a couple weeks ago in training through this preseason. Um, and so, I, I mean, hopefully, it's not a one-off. That's my biggest fear: is that we're not catering to everybody. Play your play your style, play your brand of soccer. Don't cater to the opposition just because. I want this to be a weekly thing. I think it's a couple things. I think you hit on it that there's the narrative aspect that this team, they have talent. They know they have talent. You have Emmanuel Reynoso outside of Lionel Messi. He's probably the best player in this league when he's on. And I don't think there's a lot of questions about that. I think he is one of the best players in this league. And if not the best playmaker in this league outside of Lionel Messi. And so you have this team that has a lot of veterans, a lot of pride in it that knows, hey, we've got talent. We've got Timu Puki. This guy scores goals by the dozens. 
or scored goals by the dozens in, in England for the last decade and a half. Like this team knows how to play. Robin loads back. There's veterans on here who have been the leadership while the coaching situation has been ironed out over the last four months. And they've heard all the talk all off season. They've heard that this team's going to be a wooden spoon contender. There's, there's no hope. And it's just, this is going to be a throwaway season for the loons as everything gets sorted out off the field. And they're just sitting there looking across the locker room. Like, how are you going to say we're wooden spoon contenders when we have Timu Puki, we have Robin Lode, we have Emmanuel Reynoso, we have Bonghukle Longwana, who just scored 17 goals in 38 appearances across all competitions last year. How are you going to say that when we have a solid defense, when we have Dane St. Clair, who's turning 28, he's entering his prime as a goalkeeper. Like, this is a team that is as stacked as you can get uh, with as minimal spending as they've had on their roster. Like, there, there is talent up and down this roster. It just hasn't been utilized correctly for the past couple of years, and that showed especially last year. And it's why the season ended as it did. So I think there's just there was a little bit of a pride thing to it that they just wanted to show people like, yeah, we've we've we're more talented than you're giving us credit for uh, over the last four months. I also think that it's just Austin are an awful squad, and I don't think it's going to be a good year for them. I think 2022 was a blip. Uh, we saw that last year. They struggled a lot last year. They have the thinnest roster in the league. They are 22 players on their roster. On opening day, that is the smallest squad in the entire league. And looking through and doing the prep and getting all the names ready, I was shocked by how few people they actually have on the roster that you would put on the field. They have a very thin squad, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of hope there. It just seems like they didn't have, it didn't feel like, especially in that first half after Minnesota jumped all over them, it really didn't feel like that squad really cared that much. It felt like they. It was the opening week of the season. There should be more fight. And they're just like, man, we're getting we're getting beat with a brick right now. And we cannot get out of this corner. And they just didn't know how to fight it. And they just kind of it felt like in that first half they wilted. Second half they came back a little bit. But then eventually Minnesota brought on some fresh young legs, which was also a welcome change. And they just ran them out of the building once again. And like you can tell the fans there after last season are growing frustrated you could sense that in the first week of the season that's never a good thing for your long-term prospects this in one season to have that on the first week of the season but yeah i i felt like it was a couple thing those couple things i i um i came away with that man feeling like this team was kind of free kind of loose kind of having fun and i think the last couple of years last year especially not making the playoffs i think there was a uh just I think there was just a, a constant intensity around the club. There was pressure. The coach was under pressure. The team was under pressure to make the playoffs. All of a sudden, here comes Cameron Knowles, and he literally said, hey, I'm going to be totally transparent, guys. I got nothing to lose. We're going to go. We're going to have some fun. We're going to play our game. We're going to we're gonna put some pressure on. And um, DJ Taylor kind of said that, too. He said, hey, it's just there's just a little freedom. There's a there's a looseness around the club that hasn't been there for a while because there was pressure. There was pressure from the media. There was pressure from fans. There's pressure from the front office for uh, Adrian Heath to make the playoffs, to advance in the playoffs. And I think this team played like a team that just kind of had had all that weight off their shoulders uh, this past weekend, and they played the freedom. Now, here's my concern is – it's I'm very optimistic because they played that without uh, Longwane. They played that way without Reynoso. Um, 
so that's really a, a showing some depth and a positive uh, some positive things to, to think about but so what happens when because we know that Cameron Knowles is an interim coach when a new coach comes in does that loose that freedom that that you know that happy-go-lucky attitude do you lose that see that's what I'm worried about is that what they're doing right now is they're just having fun because hey I, we don't even know who our coach is going to be in a couple weeks couple months whatever it takes and uh let's just go out and play soccer and I hope that the when the new coach comes in he's going to have to obviously put his mark on this team get control of this team he's he's got to he's got to be the man and I hope that doesn't all of a sudden take away this looseness and this freedom so that's my take on it and, and I think we're all kind of on the same page on a lot of this but but that's my concern is that you know this this looseness that they seem to have and this this freedom uh without the tension that it'll last. And by the way, Robin Lud does not look a guy coming off look a guy coming off a serious knee injury. Yeah. Wow. God, he, he was he was tremendous. And I mean I I think they talked about this on the uh the Apple broad TV broadcast side of things, but it's like he's their Swiss Army knife. You know, he can go in so many different spots. And I know this is something that both of you have have uh, kind of paraded out the past season or two here now, along with along with me. But I mean, he is just so versatile. Do you want to play in that box to box role? Do you want to play on that kind of uh, cutting winger that can cross it into the maybe the aerial threat in the middle of the box? Do you want him to play that cam role? He can play that as well. Like he and the thing is, he's also not afraid, as I mentioned, with the box box. He'll drop back. He's got. He's got everything work ethic wise. He's got the skill set. He's just fantastic all yeah. around. Um, and yeah, it's it's such a bright spot to see, given his injury, that he looks like Dan said, not coming off an injury. It looks like a yeah. guy that you know he's fully healthy. He's fully ready to be back. And um, I mean, to have that immediately plug and play, that's got to be a big lift for uh, the, the you know the rest of the squad. He might be one of the smarter players on the pitch on any given night. And by the way, that's a Finnish army knife. There he is. Can we get a graphic? It needs to be blue instead of red. I think I got a shirt idea. <laughs> Does Finland have an army? The Finnish army knife. Yes. Of course. Oh my God. Yeah. We, I'll whip, fin- I'll whip something up and we can make some shirts or something. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. I don't know how to smoothly transition out of that. I'll I'll transition out of that. You got it, buddy. It's all last yours. last year. If you guys remember, I think it was the first season. Or I think we did last year. We did a little differently because we did like a preview show um, before any games. Blah blah blah. And I was telling you because we did the kind of look ahead of like who do we think is going to be our blossoming star. And I was big. Um, and I was I was the leader of the pack. The BBs, the Bongy Believers. And I, I know I, I know that it maybe that was an easy pick. That was an easy pick, but I'm gonna stick to it. I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back for that one. But I have since transitioned. I've moved, I've I've moved clubs and I've started a brand new group. And everyone that wants to is welcome. Even even you two, even you two schlubs. Are you ready? Can I guess? Go ahead. Is it gonna be Song Bin Young? No. It is the CCC, the Caden Clark Colt. <laughs> Jeez. This is a guy that when they announced that they were getting him to come on over, um, I mean, 
you, you don't go play I was for thrilled a, when they got him last it, year. Exactly. I was and, it was a great situa- move. The situation with Leipzig over in Germany wasn't the greatest for him. Yep. Um, he had he had, I think, pretty solid time with uh, with New York Red Bulls, but I was I was already high on him. But that pass to oh. set up that pass mm. to Oluwesi, yeah, uh, <laughs> oh just threading that, that needle. That was a beautiful pass. See, grow, growing up playing like playing hockey, for instance, I was never a goal scorer, so I, I get more excited about the passes sometimes more than the actual goals. I know, shocker, damn right, <laughs> shocker. <laughs> Come on, I would have pegged you for a goal scorer. Let's go. But there is like there is like a beauty in watching. Like if you you can sit down and you just watch, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, the art of passing, that type of thing. Harry Kane, art of passing, and it's silky smooth. There is an art to it. It's sometimes scoring has that like brute strength where it's Holland, you know, charging up and he's just a robot. He's stomping the ground and angry, and then he just puts one through the back netting. But the pass is. You got to be gentle with it. You can't, it's, it's like, you know, petting a sleeping dog. You, you don't want to go too gentle, but you also don't want to wake it up. It's got to be, there you go. Pointing and there's copper. Um, you got to be gentle with it and say, that's the same thing for a pass. And boy, does he show that he has that, uh, that playmaking touch. Cause that ball, he played through to all uh, before I want to say the touch off to, is it Braun? Yeah. To Braun. Thank you. Um, I mean, that was just pure silk. Um, so I'm dubbing myself right now head of the CCC, the Caden Clark Colt. Um, our numbers are growing by the day. Well, maybe we'll get membership cards. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> and that's a teaser teaser for my uh, first one of my first write that downs of the year. Wow. All right. Yeah, I, I think. So, as I said, I was thrilled when it was announced last year that Caden Clark would be joining the club this year. And I felt like you. You mentioned the Leipzig time. It just went horribly. You had a coach that didn't believe him, that didn't want him. Mm-hmm. Uh, a step up probably too quickly into Germany from New York Red Bulls. And it just didn't work out. And now that he's back, I think you got to build up that confidence again. It'll take a little bit of time. But once that confidence is there and you you can he can prove to himself that, yeah, I'm I'm as good as I thought I was back in the day. Mm-hmm kid's only 20 years old like there's hey, that, still that's the so saying, much left in front of him like, you're saying back in the day is like his sophomore year of high right. school like yeah yeah <laughs> like 18 and 17 years old and 18 years old <laughs> this kid's a legit national teamer if you can get the confidence and he can get the playing time like he's that good and you got him for for pennies on the dollar because leipzig didn't know how to use him like that's a great buy uh just for like it's it's i think it'll work i think it'll work out really well and then you have so my biggest question after watching what we watched on Saturday night is okay. So then you get, when you get Bongi back, you get Reynoso back. Where does everybody play? Like you only have 11 spots on the field. Like who's going to, who's going to come off from what you saw Saturday night. I think the easiest one probably is Franco. I love Franco. I love, I love his feistiness and his fire and the way he plays, but like you can probably move Bongi over to the left. Keep, uh, do you keep song Bin young on? But like, I don't know. Like you have so many options whoever the next head coach is, whether he's from Manchester United or not, like he has so many options to choose from here in the attacking front. This is why I was as high on this team going into the season as I was. Like, I think there is way more attacking talent than this club ever let on. And I'm really, really pumped to see it play out how it did on Saturday night. And now once, now once you get Bongi and Reynoso back and you get everybody healthy and fit and playing together, this is going to be a really dangerous team. But the next five weeks, oh boy, are they brutal. Yeah. It is about a, 
as brutal of a stretch of games as you could ask to start the season. Thankfully, you got the wooden spoon contenders in Austin to open up the season. But after this, <laughs> it is a tough slog going forward. Let, let's not complain about the uh, – this is a team that's struggled to score goals forever. Let's not complain about the riches of offense until we start scoring <laughs> goals. And then I'll yeah. – because on paper, I agree with you 100%. But we got to score more than a goal a game. If this is, if we have, hey, this. we're on a two goal a game pace already. Let's go. Oh, Let's keep it going. We put the after school club in and they got one. Okay. We had one before that. That was in stoppage time. <laughs> hey, the after school club, that is an exciting development. A 20 year old connected a pass to a 23 year old who then connected a pass to a 22 year old who scored his debut goal just like 30 minutes into his debut match in MLS. Like, yes. that's exciting to see. Then you had like a 17 year old who just got called up. <laughs> like 30 minutes prior to the match and he'd never played at this level before. Wow. That's what, that's what Cameron Knowles used as his bench as his substitutes. Like that's just, that's a baller move knowing like, yeah, I know I'm not going to keep this job. I'm going to go back to the twos afterwards after the new head coach comes in, wherever he's right. coming from. And I'm just going to show what I've been doing down there at, with the twos and just put it on display. And they absolutely shined out. Impressive, impressive move by him. So yeah, I, I tip my hat to Cameron Knowles for what he has done, and uh, you know it's going to be fun to see what happens after that. But I, I have one more question for you guys because I went back and watched part of the game as well, part of the match, and I had to stop and back up and see if I saw that right. Tell me if this is true. This was a graphic on uh, the Apple broadcast, mm -hmm. and I, I think they were showing. Timu Puki at the time, and it said on it that he was the fastest on the team. Is Timu Puki the fastest player on no, 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 United? No. He might have been you... the fastest. He might have had yeah. like the fastest sprint in that game, but there's no way anybody's faster than Song Bin Young. Like, well, all, also, from what we've seen. All, are we sure they were talking about running speed and not like, is he the fastest, <laughs> you know, said, brushing his teeth? Is he the fastest? He can, he can boil water faster than the Is he the, the fastest Minnesota United player to 10 goals? Like, that's probably true. You you guys go back and watch it. It was on there, and I had to go back and look at it. And I said, no, no, the bald Norwe the, bar the bald Finn is not the fastest guy on this team. I'm sorry. The dude who's the same age as me, is. there's no way he's as fat. He's the fastest guy on the team. I'm sorry. In fact, I we think that he's – that his his probably one of his weapons is is because he doesn't look fast. I think that's yeah. part of his. I think that's he part just of knows his, where to that. be. Like that's that's his that's his primary talent is that he knows where to be as yes. a poaching goal scorer, and he's proven that throughout his career, and that'll play play well for him long into his careers. Just being right. in the right spot at the right time, and that's that's going to be key when you have Reynoso back, when you have uh, Bonghukle Hlangwani stretching the field, when you have Robin Lud making incredible runs and putting himself in dangerous territories as well. Defense is going to have a hard time closing this thing down if it's coach right. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks for clearing that up because I didn't. I thought I was seeing. <laughs> it, yeah, it was probably just he had the fastest little bit of running time at one point in the game. I, I doubt he's faster than Song Bin Young because what we've seen from. No, I'm sure he's not. No. <laughs> All right. Other thoughts from the game that while we're while we're still talking about this one, 27. I think this is the longest we've ever spent on one particular game, just because there was so much, there was so much meat on this bone to chew from because there were, there was so many unknowns going into this game because we had heard all offseason it's going to be a high pressing look. They're going to keep men forward. They're going to try and win the ball higher upfield and get it into the attacking third as quick as possible. And we saw all that. 
We saw one of the one of the biggest notable changes for me is that when they did win the ball and when they were in the attacking third, how many bodies they had in the bo- in and around the box. I, I counted at one point. They had, I think it was like eight guys up in the box when they had the ball in the attacking third at one point. You had Rain, you had Robinson both pushing up into the box. You had Will Trap up there, and he sh- probably should have stayed back as the defensive mid. You didn't really ask too much overlapping runs, it seemed, of DJ Taylor and Yosef Rosales, but they were still pushing into the attacking third. There were so many guys in the in the uh, in the Austin box at times. It was it was really weird to see at points because I'm like I'm not used to seeing this many Minnesota United jerseys in and around the goal. And and to go off that, um, that was something I noticed on my watch through, and I was like I wasn't counting, but I had to go back and check it out. Um, it felt like at all times they were just as soon as they got to like the outside of the box, cross it in right on the, maybe on the top corner, cross it in. We're going to force it to the middle. And, you know, some of the biggest chances that just Brad Stuver, credit to him, kept out were crosses in that were headed on goal or, you know, plinkoed onto the foot of somebody in, in black and blue and put it on goal. 28 crosses in the game. Granted, it from from the stats I'm looking at here on SofaScore, they only actually converted on six of those, like that were accurate to the person. But it seems like, they were generating chances even off of some of those that that weren't necessarily in because that's where that plinko comes into play. The they they were like like you said, Johnny. They were just pushing the pace and got numbers in the box. It seemed like there were eleven guys everywhere. Um, other than other honestly, other than the Austin goal, I don't remember a, a major chance where somebody was left wide open or like they weren't covering. Um, so that it, it was great to see just the mentality of let's get into the box, strengthen numbers, force it in. One of these is going to have to work. I think it was Obreon had one really good chance. And for some reason yeah. he decided to pass. I don't know what happened there, but with the uh, 28 crosses and 16 corner kicks, it did. It felt like the ball was just constantly, constantly being pinged into their, uh, their 18. And that's, that's new. That's new to me. <laughs> we haven't seen that. We haven't seen a lot of that before. I've got a question for you guys, and this is kind of this is going to change the tone a little bit because we've been overwhelmingly positive here in the first thirty minutes of Loon Talk for this season. I want to I want to ask you if there should be some concern from what we saw in the opening what thirty minutes of that second half when Austin really did take control, push Minnesota back. Uh, there was a number of chances that Austin had created. You you mentioned O'Brien had a nice chance. Ethan Finley should have had a nice chance where he kind of just silkily smoothly ran right by uh Joseph Rosales. Alex Ring had a chance that he decided instead of chipping Dane St. Clair, who's about 10 yards outside of his goal, he decided to pass back to a player who was covered by three Loons players. Like there was a couple chances where Austin should have had an equalizing goal in that second half. Does that give you concern that Austin was able to adjust so quickly and Minnesota took a little bit to adjust back and they needed some fresh leg substitutions to adjust back and get con- recontrol of the game? I kind of expected that to happen um, just because of who we are, but also because you're playing in Austin. It's what I say was the greenest place on earth and the atmosphere, the atmosphere there is amazing. And so you knew the fans were waiting for the second half. They wanted this to start and the team probably got a pretty good, probably got chewed out pretty good at halftime. So I expected some energy out of them. 
maybe maybe not quite that much. They they did turn the game around and change the momentum, but but I that doesn't really concern me because I think you, you see a home team get down one nil at at half or get embarrassed at half you're going to expect pushback. So even though I don't think any of us think that Austin is, is uh, going to have a very successful season, um, it's still a home team in MLS and that's still usually a pretty good advantage. So I, I don't know about you, AJ. I, I guess I just, uh, I'm not, that's not my biggest concern right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, give me a, give me a couple more instances where they maybe come out and play as well as they did in the first 45 and then we see them maybe drop off, and then I'll let you know it's a concern. It's on my radar, I'll say, because it, it you're, you're going to make changes at the half, and Austin is going to. They're at home. It's the season opener. They want to sh- give their fans a reason to cheer, and they want to get back in the game. You know, they're only trailing one, and after the big defensive uh, defensive stops that we saw from Stuver in the first, along with some other big clearances and whatnot, I'm sure one of the you know leaders on the team is like, hey, they're doing their job. Forwards, let's take care of it here. You know, let's go out and, and push the pace, get back in this thing, tie 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 it up. So, um, it, you're gonna have a little time to recognize what are they doing, how do we have to adjust, and maybe it took a little longer than I would have liked, and maybe maybe you guys feel the same way um, because they did get back in control for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to say maybe once the 75th, it, it felt like they kind of got all their substitutions on. Exactly. Yeah. And once they got all the substitutions around the 70, I guess they started like 68, I want to say is when they started taking some guys off, but then 77, they made two more changes um, that they kind of carried it through until, until the, uh, the bureau goal. So um, yeah, I mean, my only, my only criticism and concern there is how quickly they may be adjusted right now. It's not a, it's not a big thing for me that they did look kind of like the latter team. Um, just because given the circumstances, it's to, it's to be expected. Yeah. So before we move on to the look across the league, any other final thoughts before we move on from this game after 34 minutes of glowing praise for what we saw on Saturday night? No, no, I, I'm just, I'm, I think for a season opener on the road, I, you know, very satisfied. And as you said, they've got some really tough matches coming up. So this is one that really will help them out. Uh, once once we get you know six matches in or so because it could be a tough tough road but um, no I good win without some pieces um, I think that's a good way to start the season yeah good way to start I am excited to see what happens when you add the full uh, the full pieces to the puzzle um, I mean Johnny we were texting kind of yesterday on my watch through and you said like imagine I, I texted I think after the first like 10 15 minutes it was like who is this team? Who, <laughs> yeah. This is, this is, <laughs> this is incredible to watch. And like, imagine adding, um, it reminds me of that, that classic, uh, internet video of the guy, like, uh, like doing grease on his stove and he tries to do French fries in there and just everything starts like going crazy. That's what you're probably going to get in my mind. If you, once you add uh bongy back in Reynoso back in, um, and I mean, I just, just keep this up. Don't don't make this a one week thing. That's my that's my biggest concern is, and this is maybe I've now grown accustomed with watching Tottenham a lot to like for Ange Postacoglu. He sticks to his plans. He wants to play high line attacking soccer. You he wants to score. You're, I'm not expecting 
you know, a clean sheet every match. And frankly, at this point, I'm not sure they've had one in, in a month or two, but that's all right because it's still exciting to watch. That first 45 was super exciting. It got exciting once again, kind of in the second half of the second half, but don't make this a one-week thing. Cameron Knowles clearly had a game plan, and they executed that, and that led them to get a win. So go ahead and continue that here next week. All right, now that we've seen full 90 minutes of this squad, uh, let's go around the room here. What were your expectations, and since we didn't do a preview, uh, season preview show, what were your expectations for this team heading in to the season, and have they changed at all because of the 90 minutes that we saw? Dan muted his mic. Dan might be muted, so I'll go first here. But um, I was uh, I was a little down on this club. I'll be I'll be honest. I I didn't think that they were Found going the to. Be... Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, I frankly, I didn't think there was on the on an outside looking in kind of just personal view. I didn't think there was too many exciting things that happened from the end of the season last year to week one. Um, I know, like I. King Clark was coming over. They had, you know, they added some names here. I, I, how excited can I be? Not, I'm not, this is, this is going to sound bad, but like how excited do you want me to be for a season uh, when you bring over a Swedish guy named Erickson as a defender, you know, like, is that moving the meter much for anybody? I, it may, maybe, 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 and we haven't even seen him. Jeez. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I, this guy could be the next coming of Michael Boxel and you're already hating on him. No. And I, I, I hope he is. I hope he exceeds that. But the thing is, like, I just don't know that much about it. Like, it, it's not a name that I recognize, and I'm sure other people will adjust or uh, will maybe agree with me. And some people are going to say, hey, this guy's an idiot. Like, how do you not know about Victor Eriksson? He was tearing up Sweden, like, blah, blah, Um I was not expecting too much. I was just expecting kind of similar to last year. It's going to come down to deadline day. They might get in. They might not. I think now, I, I think they're – I'll move up slightly. I'll take a step forward. I think they're in – and it probably comes down to the final couple of weeks, but they get it done before deadline day. But uh, I, I wouldn't think they're like a top half playoff team. You're a Debbie Downer, man. Wow. Well, wow. I, I, it, it's Austin. <laughs> it's Austin. It's Austin. I mean, I want to. They are going to win the wooden spoon this year. I understand. But that's, and that's the thing. You beat them by one. So well, like, let's I mean, baby steps. Let's, let's, I, let's baby steps here. Before the season started, I was a little concerned. I was hoping for a little more movement. I was concerned about what would happen when they decide they weren't going to name a coach by the start of the season. That turned out not to be a problem, at least after match day one or two or whatever the heck that was. Um, but I, I, I still was optimistic that they would be a playoff team. I still felt they would be just because of a couple of reasons. Robin Lode coming back, um, he's just – such a team leader on the pitch. Um, and the other thing was we got, we got a guy named Pookie that scored 10 goals in 14 matches last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's look at that for a, and I don't think he scored, he scored his first, I can anyway, but the bottom line is that we've been wanting and begging for and crying for a true striker forever. And now we have it. We've got one of our team leaders, one of our best offensive players back on the pitch. It looked as though Reynoso was going to be here on time. So I was pretty optimistic. Um, even though he didn't play, he was here on time, which is kind of a minor miracle in its own. Uh, so, so no, I was optimistic that they would erase the uh, horrible finish to last year and be a playoff team. So, and, and, of course, that's easier to see now that they, they did play well without 
uh, Renault Stone without uh, Bongi uh, down in, in Austin. And by the way, this really early to be calling out the wooden spoon. So um, I hope <laughs> that comes up and write that down. Um, oh, really, before, before you right go, now. Jonathan, <laughs> did you see a little breaking news on the timelines here on the old uh, internet I think machine? I left my phone in my car, so no, well, I don't know. I'm, 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 a, I'm a younger... I'm a younger generation, so I clearly can't have that. Breaking news. Then it's not as breaking now because we're not going to post this immediately. It's going to take a little bit. So, All right. Let's uh, hear it. Minnesota United official post announcement. The club has announced Eric Ramsey is the second head coach in Minnesota United's Major League Soccer history. Ramsey joins the club from Manchester United, where he served as a first team coach under current manager Eric Ten Hag. Welcome to Minnesota Eric Ramsey right. during that last part. What a wild world, coach. boys. What a wild world. Does it, okay, so let me ask you something. Does this does this kind of do in a smaller, a lower level to coaching in MLS what Messi did signing as a player in MLS? Does this, does this make – because I know when Messi signed, there were other players that maybe said, you know. If it's there was a lot of players Messi, that said, oh, man, I'm looking at that league now. Yeah, and will that do that with some of the world's best coaches? They'll say, "Hey, you know what? You know that's not such a bad that's not such a bad plan. Maybe I'll consider that." I mean, do you think no, that has Ram- impact? Ramsey's not going to do that because he's so young. This is his first ever full time managerial job. Like he mm-hmm. was, he was just a first team coach at Manchester United, which is still a big role to want to leave. Right. To to come over to the United States and take a job in Minnesota to leave one of the biggest clubs in the world and come to come to Minnesota that's that's still a big step and still a notable step but it's not like you're getting one of the world's best coaches we don't know what he is yet there's a lot of promise there's a lot of hype with this guy because a lot of a lot of other coaches in the world of coaching have said really positive things about his ability to be a coach and I mean he's 32 I think and he's already got a Full, I think 31. 31? I think so. Either way, still, that's ridiculous. Well, here, uh, to be a head coach of any team anywhere, that is incredibly young. That's exciting. It it shows the vision, I guess, of what this club wants to be now under new management, is that they are going younger in every facet that they can get. I mean, you saw that, and we mentioned it with the, with the substitutions. They wanted to go young. They want to show that pathway from the academy up into the first team's and they're showing it there. They're showing it by hiring a young coach, taking a chance on a young coach who's who's got a lot of his coaching career ahead of him, and this is going to be a step for him to see if he can take on a first-team job. And he's if he's really, really good, he's not going to be here for very long, and that's a good thing because that means there'll be success here. here here's my point in that is, that, is that pro sports are kind of a copycat league. Mm-hmm. If, if a team goes out and – hires a young head coach and they start winning right away. You know, the teams that, that fire their coaches, they're going to look for young head coaches. Yeah. And, and that's going to be a lot less of the MLS retreads walking around here. Right. And, and, and if, and if, and if a re somebody hires a retread and he turns the club around and then all of a sudden new teams are going to say, we need a new coach. Let's find someone with experience. It's a copycat league. And if Ramsey comes in here and has big success, you know, when there's vacancies in MLS later this year in the off season, they're going to go, Hey, maybe we should look for a young coach over in the premier league. And because that's just the way it works in professional sports. If somebody has success with it, somebody's going to try and do, you know, replicate it. So if he's successful, I think it could change 
the way where people go to look for coaches in the future. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is massive. This is big. I mean, it's I'm a, excited. I'm very. It's, excited. it's a Premier League. Uh, it's a Premier League assistant coach. It's from a big six. It's not. Uh, it's not. Not to be mean, but it's not like it's Luton Town that he's coming from. It's Manchester United, which Say I it again. By, by all by all measurements, you could pick pick your argument. You could argue that this is a top five notable club in the world, if not higher than that. Like the prestige, they have it. This the the size, the pull, they have it. The history, they have it. The trophies, they have it. I mean, they've it's done a it. top two notable club in the world, and it ain't number two, AJ. I don't know. There's, there's, there's some, there's some pretty good clubs there up there, Johnny. Jonathan, uh, you're going to be okay because that means starting on Saturday you'll be interviewing. Uh, he won't be here Saturday. He's gonna. So the what okay. the the story was was that he'll stay through the Manchester Derby, which is Saturday. Then he'll come over. So but, whenever that is, you will be interviewing a head coach that is younger than you, and was coaching at my favorite club outside of Minnesota not, United. So. Not, are you going to be able to handle it? Do I need, do we need to switch and I'll be coaching to a player? You might need to take over the coaching <laughs> coaching interview. I'm going to ask him too many Manchester United questions. Oh. I, uh, he'll go back and talk. What does Bruno Fernandez smell like? <laughs> How good is Kobe Mining? Please tell me he's great. Please he'll tell me he's back. God. He'll go back after the interview and talk to Eric to Durkey and say, I don't know why he stood so close and I think he's smelling me. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I am. This is exciting. This is. I am legit excited, not just because it it's a Manchester guy. I'm I'm excited to see what this means for this club. I mean, this is this is an exciting move because he's (laughs) he's so young, and there's a lot of there's a lot of hype around this guy from the coaching world. So it's going to be fun to see. Not because there's the Manchester United connection, which obviously I'm a real big fan of. He's going to have to go a long ways though to smell better than Song Bin Jong. (laughs) As one. You guys are getting real intimate in those pregame interviews, huh? <laughs> We've never interviewed Song Bin Yang. We wait in a hall. So behind the scenes here. Oh, we wait okay. In, All we right. wait in the hallway when we're so for home games, we interview them the day of the the mat the day of the match. Yep. And so we wait in the hallway for Durkey to bring out the coach and the player. And occasionally players will walk by on their way out to the field. Song Bin Yang walks by, and this dude smells like I don't know how to describe it. It's it's like heaven. The dude smells really freaking good. good. It's really, it's odd to say, I know, but the dude just smells really good. Then I turned to Jonathan. I said, damn, he smelled good. And Jonathan, <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> okay. So we've got, we've got two, two things we got to cover. Uh, a finish, a finish, a finish army. What? Finish, finish army, army knife. Thank right. you. Finish army knife. We got to do that. And then something with like, Song Bing Jong on like an Old Spice logo or something like that. <laughs> like fragments, fragments by Sang Bin. You know, like let's let's get something, we'll whip something up. I'm gonna from now on, he, I'm dubbing him the 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 sweetest smelling player in the MLS. He might just be. It is it is odd. Backed by science. All right. <laughs> unanimous. It's unanimous. <laughs> Unanimous, according to the the Loon Talk podcast, Song Bin Young is the sweetest smelling player in MLS. Two out of two. <laughs> agree. It's like nine out of ten. Ten dentists agree that yes. the toothpaste is the best. Yes. Two out of three Loon's Talk podcasters agree. Song Bin is the sweetest <laughs> smelling player in MLS. <laughs> All right, let's quick take a look across the league uh, at some of the other scores. The one that stood out the most to me is the one with the biggest score line from this weekend. Portland four, Colorado one. 
But then you look at the stats of this game, and it is absurd. 57% of the possession for Colorado. They lost 4-1. 11 shots to Portland, 7. Portland had three shots on goal, yet scored four goals. They had, in their XG battle, Colorado had 1.3 expected goals. Colorado had 0.4, and they scored four goals. So I have a ton of questions out of this, because this is Phil Neville now taking over in Portland. A lot of consternation about that, and a lot of questions of like, is this guy actually a good coach or not? Well, he proved that he can he can overcome analytics, apparently, and everything going against him in the first game. 0.4 XG, and they score four goals. Are Portland good? Or are Colorado bad? I can't figure it out. Colorado might be your wooden spoon candidate. I don't know. <laughs> they did make a lot of changes. They also have a former Manchester United you know, first team coach in charge there. They did make a lot of changes in the offseason. It's it's so tough early on because you get, you know, you get the first month of the season, you get some of these weird games that don't make any sense. And if you go back later in the year and look at a, a match like that, it makes even less sense. Yeah. Because Portland is probably pretty good and Colorado's probably better, you know, than they were a year ago, but I don't know that that's why when we get to our uh, predictor segment, it's so tough early in the year because you don't know. We don't know who the wooden spoon contenders are and who are going to be the teams up the top all year. It's, it's so hard to tell. um, Even if you know what changes they've made and, you know, you make a coaching change. You think that would look what a coaching change did to Minnesota compared to Colorado. You know I mean? Just, it's just, everything's just, it's too hard to tell anything early on. Yeah. I mean, looking at it too, I mean, after, I don't know, after like the 30th minute, it was like all Colorado. So yeah. maybe is, is Portland just that defensively sound? Cause they scored, they scored three in the first 28, there was a fiftieth uh, minute, forty or five minutes into stoppage time, and they have own goal by Sam Vines. In, but the second half was all Colorado, like all Colorado. So I'm going to say this was more a case of Portland got lucky. <laughs> I'd like, and you know, maybe, may, maybe they're not bad. I, but frankly, sometimes it's better to be lucky than it is good. So they started hot and they got their lead, but. You know, they, they probably should have been a closer scoreline than 4-1 by the end of the 90 yeah. minutes here. Uh, the other notable scoreline, uh, Columbus won Atlanta nil. Columbus looked really stinking good in their first game since winning MLS Cup, the MLS Cup title last December. Uh, they looked really good against an Atlanta side. Atlanta did have their moments, but overall, Columbus proved why they were the best team in Major League Soccer last year and showed out again despite just it being a 1-0 scoreline. Everything that I watched from that match, Columbus were all over Atlanta and they were very impressive showed once again, Wilfred Nancy is one of the best coaches in this league and they are going to be a tough beat or a tough out anytime they go out on the field. So Minnesota have their, have, <laughs> have a real tough competition for their home opener on Saturday. Yeah, I don't, uh, they, they seem to have picked up where they left off, but again, it's one, one match and they didn't blow them out. They beat them one nil, but um, yeah, it, it's, I think, you know, we can bring this up and write that down, but yeah, you, you almost have to, I look at the East and the West and I think we could easily have the same two teams on top at the end of the regular season. And they look like Charlie Brown when they play. So they got that. that they do. They do look a little bit like Chuck, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Since we, we sent so much time talking about that game, we're a little bit behind on our normal rundown. 
Uh, let's jump into the predictor. Dan, why don't you explain away what the predictor is? Predictor, pick three matches uh, in the coming week, uh, match day number, match week number three, uh, one of them being the Minnesota-Columbus matchup. Get the uh, winner right or a draw correct, you get a point. Get the score exactly right, you get a bonus point. That hardly ever happens. Hardly ever happens. Uh, all right, so the standings last year, mm-hmm. uh, pulling them up. Dan, you finished with 36 points. AJ, you finished with 38, and I finished with 41, defending two-time defending champion here. We know how that went in Write That Down. When I was a two-time defending champion, I finished last last season in Write That Down, so we'll get to that in a little bit. So uh, I guess I'll start first, and I'll start with that Minnesota-Columbus okay. uh, match. I'm going with a 2-2 draw between these two teams. And uh, AJ, why don't you go second? All right, perfect. I w- I had a, a backup score in case uh, my first one got taken. You took my backup score, so I will bring go. it back slightly here. I'm going to say Minnesota one, Columbus one. All right. I had uh, I had written a two-two draw as well, so I'm going to take an unpopular stand and say Columbus two, Minnesota one. Oh, All no, right, snake you... order. So you get to go again, Dan. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I got a few of them. I don't know which one to go with. Okay, I'm going to go. Um, LAFC three, Real Salt Lake one. Okay. Um, I will go, uh, Orlando one, Inter Miami three. Ooh, you're bank. You're banking on some messy, messy magic. All right. I think the team I'm going to pick on a lot this year is Toronto because they did nothing, absolutely nothing in the off season. And it just feels like everything there is miserable. So I'm gonna go anytime they're up on the up on the schedule. I think I'm gonna I have to pick against them, even if New England didn't look good and they just got Christian Benteke at the weekend, three to one in that one. All all three goals from DC United were by Christian Benteke. He scored a hat trick there. Uh, I'm gonna go New England to Toronto nil because I just don't believe in Toronto. I think they're gonna be uh, wooden spoon contenders, if not winners this year, as well as Austin. Since we're doing the snake order, here's my last one. Seattle, Austin. I think it's three nil Seattle this weekend. AJ. Dang it. All right. I got to one up you there. Cause I had three nil for that one too. So I'm going to go four nil Seattle over Austin. All right. Wow. Well, all right. Your final one. Can you guys see my notes because I had Miami three Orlando one written down. So I'm going to, that's what you said, right? AJ. Yeah. So I'm going to go Miami 2, Orlando 1. All right. All right. So that, that is the predictor. Now on to write that down, which we've been teasing all show long. Yeah, it is our right. other soccer-related prediction segment. We each make three soccer-related predictions. One of them has to be Minnesota United-related. They don't necessarily have to be scoreline or goal line predictions. They can be anything within the world of soccer. Dan, you were victorious last year, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. Uh, you won. AJ, you finished second, and I finished in a very distant third. So, just like a predictor, Dan, you were the winner last year. You go first. So many things. There's just too much to choose from. I wanted to predict that Jonathan at some point would say finish Army Knife on air, but uh, that'd be too easy because I know that's going to happen. So, (laughs) Um, I'm going to go. Okay, here's the first one I thought of after the game. Uh, With Dane St. Clair narrowly narrowly losing the clean sheet. Uh, He had eight clean sheets last year. He will have 10 or more clean sheets this year. Ooh. Write that down. AJ. All right. Um, I'll, I'll also start with my, my guaranteed one Minnesota United, like related, write that down. And, and I will bump this up. If you guys think this is uh, if this is too easy, because frankly, I wasn't in the mindset of thinking about 
the hockey assist that MLS counts. So, yeah, so we can we can bump this number up if needed. But uh, write this down. Caden Clark will finish the regular season with double-digit goal contributions. Oh, I um, like it. That's if cool. you don't think that's enough, I'll, I'm willing to go to 15. But if you're fine with at least 10, I'll uh, stick with that. Just because I think there's going to be a little too many cooks in the kitchen on that right side. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, no, I think it's a good one. Perfect. Uh, we'll do a snake order here again. Uh, so I'll go two in a row here. Uh, my tap in, because I have plenty of them built in from last year. I feel like this might be a tap in, but if it's not, go ahead and you can change it. If not, uh, Timu Puki will be the team's leading goal scorer this season. I think there's a lot of competition for that. Bonghukle Hlangwane could charge for that. Emmanuel Reynoso, with all the attacking and talent, could go for that. But I think Timu Puki will be the leading goal scorer this year. My other Minnesota, or my 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 second one, Lionel Messi. AJ, tap in. No, but I'm I'm ex- I'm excited to see our very first Dan Terhar specialty defense of the season yeah. and go <laughs> and go team up. He will take not. the field. He's going to take the field, which is what I'm going to do here with my second one. Lionel Messi will not be the Golden Boot winner in MLS this season. What? Write it down. No, I what? I think that's fine. I I I honestly, I'd argue that might be more of a tap in than the first one, personally, yeah. but. That's, I think, just because of the type of player Messi is. But um, I'll also work with uh, Inter-Miami for my second write that down, and that is this. Inter-Miami won't make the uh, the playoff semifinals. Okay. All right. So they're going to, they're going to, their season's going to be over before there is a semifinal matchup in the playoffs. The, the, the total semifinals, so like the conference finals or the conference Yeah, sorry, semifinals. that, that, I don't know. Yeah, the, the word I was looking for is the conference semifinals. Okay. Thank you. All right. Dan, you get two. Lionel, Lionel Messi will win the golden boot this season. Write that down. Bold claim. Wait, 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 wait. I need to, I need to backtrack to mine quick. I need to back, because I think I misworded it. The conference final, like the mat, like they will not so they make will it not to the make match. The Eastern Conference final. They, yes, they will not make okay. the Eastern. Con- there we go. All right, thank you. All right, clarification. Dan, Thanks. your second one. Thanks. Uh, that was my second one. Well, you get two here because we're doing snake order, so you get oh, your final one. one. Yep. Then I'm done, so I got to pick the best one I have left. Okay. Um, Austin will not finish last place in the West. All right. Write that down. Okay. Or. Uh, great debut for this seasoned vet uh, this past weekend. He played uh, out of the back faster than I've ever seen him do it in this decade uh, overseas in North London. Write this down. Hugo Lloris will be awarded the best goalkeeper at the end of the MLS season. He will dethrone, I want to say, is it Andre Blake last year who won it? Yeah, probably. I think so. I, I don't think that's right. I think it's somebody else, but it doesn't matter. It's he's going to win the best goal. Um, it was uh, Roman Berkey last oh, year. Yeah. Oh, Berkey. Yeah. Berkey. But uh, he's going to win the best goal. You have to see a lot of action in the goalkeeper's position to get that award. Yeah, get are, are, are LAFC going to give up a lot of shots? They're still one of the best teams in the league. He's going to come up with some big saves. He's going to show off that World Cup pedigree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I needed something. And I want to work them in. Just, just let me have write, it. Write this down. You said Inter Miami won't make the conference finals. Write this down, boys. This may be a home run, home run swing, or a golazo swing. Sorry, uh, Inter Miami won't make the playoffs. Write that down. What? Oh my god, that's crazy. You know, so many teams make the playoffs. You're yeah, cr- I know. Is Messi retiring next month, or what's going on? You're crazy. Uh, they're they're 
they're built around three 35-year-old-plus dudes who are going to play a 34-36 game season, 34-game season, plus Leagues Cup, plus they've got Copa America, plus they've got Com- or CONCACAF Champions Cup. That's a lot of games that you're asking Jeez. three 35-year-old, three 35-plus-year-old dudes to play. And, well, four, because you got Luis Suarez, who's already injured. Like, this team isn't, like, they're very top-heavy. He's going to bite the opposition, and they're going to have to forfeit due to lack of players. You're exactly. Like, they're not making the playoffs. Messi's going to quit when he finds out he's slower than Timu Puki. <laughs> Write that down. Write that down. They're not making the playoffs. Write that down. Wow. That's I like cool. it. Way to go. Is that a Golasso worthy or no? Way to go. I think it's Golasso worthy. It's, it, it, it probably is, yeah. Yeah, but I think it probably is. Run All against right. form. Yes. <laughs> All right. That has been Write That Down. That has been the first edition of Loon Talk for the year where we had breaking news. Minnesota United now have a new manager, Eric Ramsey, now former uh, Manchester United first team coach, is now the manager of Minnesota United, the second ever manager. So whenever Dan reads the managers off at the beginning of the games, he now can say Minnesota United have had a second manager instead of saying Adrian Heath is the only ever on, the only manager Minnesota United has ever had. I'm excited to coach. Huh? I better change that on my notes. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a... We both better get used to a head coach younger than us. I got to get used to that now. I'm not, I'm not That's thrilled not about deal. that. That's not a big deal for me. But right. Yeah. Let me ask one it's question. It's a big deal for you because this guy could be your kid. He's old enough to be your kid. <laughs> yeah, he could. Let me, let me ask you the, the, the burning question that I know the masses are thinking, listening to this. When? is the friendly between Minnesota United oh, and Manchester United. Don't tease United. this, dang it. <laughs> yeah. oh. Let's get the rumors going now. I'm going to say 2026. Jonathan won't sleep for a week now. <laughs> if if it ever happens, my God, man. I will be the happiest Minnesota United fan. That'd be, that'd be pretty amazing. I got to go. I'm only paid for an hour of this thing. Same. And my kids are starting to fight over an iPad, so I got to get going. <laughs> All right, there we go. See you. See you, Loons fans. We'll talk to you next week.